Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have honest, soulful, explicit conversations about sex, pleasure, joy, and intimate connection. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find all of the resources we have been generating for you since 2006. We are celebrating our 15th year in our Pleasure Mechanics uniforms, and you'll find everything we have to offer at PleasureMechanics.com. If you are new to the show, welcome, and please come over to PleasureMechanics.com free, where you can enroll in our free online course and get started right away with foundational ideas to build more pleasure into your life. If you've been with us for a while, go to pleasuremechanics.com slash love, and you'll find ways to explore more and go deeper with us yet. On today's episode, we are talking about thrill without transgression. How can we explore thrill, that human state of peak excitement on purpose and in integrity with our values? Such an important point. Thrill is something that we all need and want as humans. It is a desire that is deeply human. To different degrees, which we will explore. Yeah. But how do we do this without cheating, without breaking rules that we don't want to in order to fulfill this need? Can we do this in a way that is safe in our relationships and our life? So we're going to be talking about thrill in and out of the bedroom, how you can explore thrill in your life and curate erotic thrills that are in integrity with your values and don't risk burning down the house. So first, what is thrill? If we turn to the dictionary definition, it talks about a sudden feeling of excitement and pleasure. And we're going to talk about this keyword of sudden but it also talks about thrill as a wave or nervous tremor of emotion or sensation, as in a thrill of excitement ran through her. A thrill can also be a vibratory movement that you can hear through a stethoscope that is described as a throb or a pulsation. So a thrill is a deeply embodied experience, and it is something that pulses through us. It is a rush. It is a moment. And we can start really exploring how we can create this more on purpose. So we're not either left wanting, like we're wanting a lot more thrill. And I think this is where I'm at. I've been deeply wanting thrill and feeling a bit of despair about how to get it safely. Or we are taking unneeded risks in order to get our thrills. So how do we come into right relationship with thrill? I love this conversation. <laughs> I need this conversation. I think so many of us do, partly because what it offers us is a moment outside of the mundane. It is when we get to experience a real sense of freedom and aliveness, partly because there's a risk and it brings all of our awareness, our sensory awareness into the moment. So scientists sometimes talk about thrill as taking a risk that you trust you will survive. And when we look at the physiology of risk-taking, and this is studied usually with extreme sports, 
they track what happens in the brain. And I want to kind of just describe the process briefly so we can kind of feel it in our bodies and understand that this is just a very real physiological response. All right. So they describe the rush as starting in the amygdala, which is a bundle of neurons at the base of your brain responsible for assessing the unknown. Okay, let's just pause and think about how cool it is that we have a region of our brain for assessing the unknown. That turns me on. Okay, so then we think about a thrill-seeking situation that poses some sort of perceived or real risk. I'm going to climb up this mountain. I'm going to jump out of this plane. I'm going to ask this person for their phone number. I'm going to try something new sexually and risk making a fool of myself like it always has a perceived or a real risk and so the amygdala registers that risk it looks into the unknown and it looks at there's potential danger here but it kind of wants you to do it anyway so what the brain does is it brings your whole body on board with a heady rush of dopamine, adrenaline, endorphins, and other chemical signals in your body to protect your body against risk. It is saying all systems go, pay full attention because we're taking a risk here. And you can feel this in your body as kind of a hypervigilance, your cardiovascular system kicks in, your guts might start churning. How do you feel this in your body? And this hyper-focused attention in the moment flow, followed by that rush, followed by survival when the body realizes it has survived, that kind of 60-second arc, it often lasts less than a minute, that is what thrill-seekers choose to pursue over and over again. The, am I going to make it? pay full attention, experience this extraordinary thing, and then come out the other side. One scientist described it as having superpowers, but just for a moment. It's so exciting just hearing you name all of that. Like you can see why we want to experience this, why we long to experience this. It's interesting because scientists don't really know why this emotion exists. Some of the theory is that it motivated us to go hunt large game together and take that risk for the big reward of meat to feed the whole village. Um, But why do we do this? They don't really know. But feeling into it in our own bodies, for me, as soon as I started naming this, It was like, how do we cut through the mundane, especially when my mundane is kind of a low grade justified worry about the future of humanity and the climate. And we have so much on our minds all the time. For me, I want thrill to cut through that on purpose, force me to focus on something extraordinary and bring me back into real vitality. And that's a big role that sex and kink has played for me in the past. And it's interesting to think about in our culture, what are the culturally condoned places of thrill? How can we be encouraged to purchase and consume thrills that how satisfying are they versus create them on purpose for ourselves in extraordinary ways? Mm. This is a huge topic. But before we consider how we generate thrill, I would like everyone to kind of take an assessment of how you relate to thrill. Because like every other part of humanity, this shows up for us on a spectrum. There is a spectrum of how thrill-seeking we are as individuals. 
Some of us want nothing more than thrill over and over again and orient our whole lives towards taking risks. And this can be extreme sports, but it can also be certain like financial sectors or jobs. Um, Certain kind of medical professionals are all about being in the urgent now. Other people want nothing more than security and safety, but perhaps even on that end of the spectrum, we need a little bit of thrill to cut through the mundane and bring us vitality. And thrill can come in all sorts of ways from very physical adventures to very mental adventures and emotional and spiritual journeys. So how we find this experience of thrill and how much we want it fluctuates throughout our lives and by our personal proclivities. So there's nothing wrong with you if you're low thrill seeking, and there's nothing wrong with you if you're high thrill seeking, but both maybe need to be managed. I love it. And it's so important to notice where you are and to explore what are ways that you can find and access thrill in a way that suits your lifestyle. And then also, if you have a disparity in your relationship around thrill seeking, how can one person create those experiences solo? And then you find ways of meeting together if you want to. Mm -hmm. What are the risks you can tolerate together as a team? And where do you need to jump out of the plane alone? I'll be on the ground with a picnic. (laughs) Thank you. Also in the research, we notice that there are different tendencies within thrill seeking One thrill researcher named Zuckerman has identified four personality types that create sensation-seeking and thrill-seeking behaviors. So some people are looking for adventure or physical challenges. Some people seek new experiences, places, and sensory stimulation. Other people look for ways to lose inhibitions or make new social connections. And some people are just susceptible to boredom and need novelty. And these four kind of categories can help us think about what types of thrill we want to create. What is our axis of thrill? Are we wanting to throw ourselves out of a plane or throw ourselves into a new crush? Because both are a ride and which ride do you want to go on right now is so much contextually dependent on your life. And when we start talking about risks versus rewards, one of the conversations here around thrill is what are the risks you can take right now in your life? And I know for me, that sense really changed as soon as I became a parent. It was like all of a sudden my decisions were not just impacting me or my spouse, but also this child. And that sense of accountability and responsibility changed the risks I was willing to take. So what are the risks you can take? What's on the table as we make these decisions? And this is why it's so important to me to have this conversation about erotic thrill and really talk about how can we create sexual thrills for ourselves and together that don't risk all that we've created and generated together as a relationship. Because when the only way to thrill is through transgression then it puts too much on the table for me. And I'd rather stay safe, thank you very much. But then I'm safe and wanting. So what are the thrills we can generate on purpose in integrity? 
This is so important. I just really want to highlight this, that so many of us do long for this, but maybe don't have the language for it or the understanding that that's what we're looking for. And so perhaps we might be surprised when there's like a really cute person flirting with us at work that sort of sparks something within us and we do things we might not fully be aligned with. So I think there's real value in looking at this and deciding for ourselves how we can create more of this experience for ourselves as solo individuals and with our lover so that we don't make these choices that we really don't want to make just to fulfill this very human need. And quickly, before we get to the sexual thrills, let's look at the ways culturally condoned thrills are kind of sold to us. We're told to use media like thriller movies and scary movies and action movies to just kind of sit passively while we psychogenically create thrill. You know, our last episode was about psychogenic arousal and how we can create these feeling states using our minds alone. And so this is what a lot of us do, and myself included. We watch really scary, thrilling things to feel a little rush. So we consume passively through media. We use machines like motorcycles and hot cars to create thrills as we go around good turns and feel that power under us. We sometimes do risky things like put skis on our feet and fly down mountains. And these are pretty culturally condoned. Skiing is one of these things that I personally just can't understand doing, but people seem to love it and live for it. And we know families that organize their whole lives around seeking these thrills together as a family. And it's so interesting how we can buy a ticket to something like a zip line or even skydiving. And people at the most will be like, wow, that's really brave of you. But no one really judges you. And in fact, they kind of champion it, right? Socially, we champion thrill seeking until it happens in the bedroom with our clothes off. And then it's this big taboo. Why? So many layers of judgment and shame come into it. Whereas if we can really understand it as just another way we are playing with thrill with our bodies together, it becomes a totally different context that makes so much sense. And so within the realm of sex, how do we create thrill? And again, let's go back to the definition. So this sudden peak of excitement that we experience as thrill with something on the line. Right. Because when we were talking about this, Charlotte, we were thinking like we experience a lot of delight in our life. And delight, too, is a peak moment of joy. It's a peak moment of, wow, this is amazing. We experience that kind of all day long, but there's not a whole lot of risk to it. And I think that's what differentiates it from thrill. So thrill is that peak excitement with a little bit of risk on the line, either perceived or real. And we want to keep that in mind as we think about sexual thrills, because how do we create a lot of perceived risks and a lot of kind of psychological, psychogenic risk versus in real life risk, such as having sex in public, where the consequences of that are very dire and real and impact all of your life versus a thrill we create in the private sanctuary of our circle of trust, where we're pushing edges, we're creating peak experiences for each other safely and in this container. And some people call this kink. Some people call this edge play or rough sex. Like there's a lot of different ways to name this and embody this. 
but it's all about adding a little risk perceived or real to your sex and adding that layer of thrill that creates that full body awareness, right? And so if climbing a mountain feels amazing because all of your senses are on board and you're hyper aware and you feel really alive, that's how we can feel with a little thrill in our sex life. There's risk and then there's also vulnerability. So there's physical risk, emotional risk, and feeling like we are trying something new, moving outside of our safe context, our normal experience. And that vulnerability creates an emotional charge that is novel and is important. That's a really good point because thrilling sex doesn't actually have to be kinky. I kind of leapt frog to kinky sex because it's maybe on my mind, but um, (laughs) for you at this moment, moment what is feeling risky and vulnerable to you and it's so interesting because for so many of us some of the most simple pleasures can also be really vulnerable the idea of getting naked together and masturbating in front of one another or being witnessed while you're masturbating right there's no toys there's no kink there's no you know extreme activities happening there but as you've said that emotional vulnerability and nakedness creates so much risk Um, or breaking of any taboos, any kind of anal play for a lot of people can feel really intensely vulnerable and thus thrilling. Even just suggesting bringing a new sex toy into the bedroom and playing with it, taking that risk of saying, what if we do this new thing? And part of the risk there is that you might not both like it or that one of you will like it more than the other or that you'll make a fool of yourself. And these are the risks that hold us back. These perceived risks of what if it doesn't go well, I'll stick with what I know and like can really limit our sexual repertoires. So how do we on purpose create thrill, trying new things, pushing our edges a little bit, but keeping that foundation of safety under us because we remember that before arousal comes safety, we need to feel a certain level of safety and social connection to get aroused without going into fear or anxiety. Mm. So important. So we have another podcast on that. We'll put it in the show notes. And all of the resources around this topic, we will collect for you at pleasuremechanics.com slash thrill. So you can find all of these resources easily. That's pleasuremechanics.com slash thrill. So how do we begin first assessing our own desire for thrills and what kinds of thrills we want to be having right now? So a lot of this is fantasy work and examining your own desires and how they emerge in your day-to-day life. What are the areas you feel envy or curiosity or even jealousy in someone else's life? Like, oh, I wish I could do that. Well, what is the that and what part of that might you be able to experience for yourself? So assessing what risks you are willing to take, what's at stake, you know, do you have other people you're accountable to? How much time can you risk? I just went to a party last weekend and stayed out till two in the morning and it was gorgeous and nourishing and beautiful and thrilling even. Um, But two days later, I'm still recovering. And so there's kind of a allowance and an agreement within our relationship And even asking Charlotte to stay home and care for our shared child, we had to negotiate that. So to allow me the thrill of a long night out with no curfew and no consequences if I was spent for days, this permission to just go for it and enjoy yourself without inhibition 
is really important to find if you are in a long-term relationship that you're accountable to. Or maybe it's your job you're accountable to or other community members that you have to show up for. And so if you are out all night and need to be somewhere at 9 a.m. to give someone their medication, you need to factor that in. And this is just part of being in integrity. The other part is, so thank you for that night out. No problem. By the way. I was happy for you to go experience thrill and excitement. Unfettered joy. <laughs> and just looking at that word inhibition here, because when we, when the amygdala, right, registers risk factors, it throws up inhibitions to kind of guide us and guard us against taking unnecessary risks. And so you can pay attention to those inhibitions, but not let them be in the driver's seat, right? And so we had those conversations of what if I stay out all night? What if, what if, what if? And we could kind of account for those risks so I could plunge in and not feel like at 9 p.m. I had to be wrapping up my conversations and heading home. I could just let the night emerge. So what are the risks you are willing to take? Who are you accountable to? And then the other piece of integrity here is really about your values, And we want to focus on this for a second because culture often tells us that the only way to get sexual thrill is to transgress, transgress through breaking taboos, transgress through cheating, transgress through going against your values and living in this shame hole where thrills maybe find you once in a while. And you don't need to be in shame to experience thrill. We can do this again. You can be a mountain climber or a skydiver and be in integrity with your life. You can also be an erotic thrill seeker and be in integrity with your values. And so a lot of this is asking whose rules are you breaking? What taboos are you transgressing and why? And how does that feel in your body? And this will be different for each of us because different taboos have different charges for us. And so finding the places where there is a spark of energy or intensity and then playing with breaking those taboos on purpose can give us the most excitement. And some people ask us if we take the taboo out of sex, will there still be any fun and thrill? And the answer has to be an enthusiastic yes, right? Because shame-based taboos, for example, saying, you know, the butt is dirty. And if you play with your butt, you're gay. And all these kind of myths and misinformations that hide behind cultural taboos are really limiting and oppressive forces. They are not there to protect us. But some taboos can be played with and you can kind of eroticize your anxieties on purpose and play with fear. And this is where a lot of power play and other kinds of kink kick in kink kick in (laughs) where we kind of look at where that charges and then we create a container around it and heighten it so we look at what turns us on and then we say how do I create a safe zone around this so we can heighten it and play with that charge on purpose and explore that thrill and have all of the life-giving benefits of feeling this electricity run through us without burning down our own homes. And that's about that container. It's like building a fire pit instead of playing with matches. 
And a lot of times in kink, we talk about kink scenes and we're going to play and what, and we negotiate before a scene. And so much of this creating the rules and the roles and the boundaries and understanding what will and won't happen and what specifically you want is about creating that container so you can create big excitement, big arousal and play with thrill and know it is contained. If this is interesting to you, if we are whetting your appetite for creating erotic thrill on purpose, please know we will never leave you alone with these big missions. We are there for you step by step. And so in this arena, about six, seven years ago, we were getting so many questions and requests for guidance around kinky play and how do we create rules and roles based on our actual desires instead of following scripts. Like, how do we actually do this? I sat down and I poured everything I know about kinky play and doing this on purpose into a course for you all. It's called Kinky Sex Mastery. It's You'll find it on our website and it's available for you whenever you are ready to step into this. It's structured as 25 date nights, so you can either do them alone or with your partner and go through step by step looking at your fantasies and desires, looking at your charges around things like sensation play and power play and things like bondage and restraint. What is your turn on there and how do we then articulate your specific desires and get you what you want without risking your relationship, without risking your integrity and your values? How do we build this thrill and charge into our lives? in a safe and integrated way. That's what we attempted to do with this course. And that's our offering to you. You'll find it at pleasuremechanics.com slash kink. And again, we'll pull all of the resources free and otherwise into a page for you at pleasuremechanics.com slash thrill. So you can continue to explore this conversation wherever you're at. We'll have resources for you to explore like an episode we did a few years ago inspired by Esther Perel's work on how do we break the rules together? How do we transgress rules as a team rather than against one another? This is such a valuable subject to explore. Like there is so much there when we join as a team to create erotic charge for each other, sort of not against the world, but against certain constraints that we want to play with. Um, It's an exciting, exciting realm to explore together. Becoming conspirators in thrill rather than feeling that your partner is what is secure and safe in your life and that thrill has to happen outside of that. Your partner can become a conspirator in creating excitement and thrill in your world, whether together or solo, honoring your different appetites for thrill, honoring your different needs and limitations and what you can personally risk at that moment. How do we create thrill on purpose? We hope this conversation has been useful to you and has sparked a few thoughts and conversations for you so we can all explore finding more thrill safely in safe fire pit containers so we can all blaze a little brighter without burning shit down. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> And if you want I any give good metaphor, you I've been do told. give good metaphor. <laughs> 
We hope this has inspired you. There's so much here to explore. And it's just so important that we do this without judgment of ourselves, our desires, our curiosities, that we don't think of our partner as getting in the way of us having and experiencing the thrill we want, but that we can work together to fulfill this very human need. But your partner's going to have a say in it, right? One of the things you used to do is ride a motorcycle. And you've expressed interest in that recently. And I have some real concerns about the safety of it. And yet kind of want the thrill on riding on the back of a motorcycle. And so we'll have to look at this as a family. And how do you baby step into thrills? Because if you decided you wanted to go skiing, you would first hit the bunny slopes. If you want to skydive, they make you go tandem first. And sometimes we need to slow our thrill-seeking tendencies down and make sure we're not risking too much. Pay attention to that part of your amygdala, Chris. I'm talking to myself here. And (laughs) baby step into it. And this was one of our intentions with the kink course. It actually came out kind of in response to the Fifty Shades of Grey cultural moment. Because all of a sudden, all of these people were naming their desires for kinky and rough sex but had no guidance and had no roadmap of how to get there and were really worried about hurting their partners because as much as we're putting ourselves at risk when we're sharing new erotic experiences, it's also we're asking our partner to risk something in giving us a new erotic experience. And so how can we tend to all of that? How can we tend to the risk and vulnerability of receiving and also the risk and vulnerability of learning how to give new erotic experiences to your partner. A lot of us don't want to be fools. We don't want to look like we don't know what we're doing in the bedroom. And that risk of appearing like we're beginners or that we're incompetent holds so many of us back from trying new things. And this is where we say that learning skills, learning techniques, spending some time with our online courses, we are like your coaches holding your hand on the bunny slopes So you can feel confident when you hit the black diamonds. We're there for you. We have explored and learned what works and what is effective. We are setting you up for wins. And that's kind of our job at Pleasure Mechanics is to be your support so you can have more wins. And so much of this has come through the community conversation over the past 15 years. We're in constant dialogue with our over 10,000 pleasure seekers all around the world. And that includes you. And if you want to be in conversation with us, the first step is to go to pleasuremechanics.com slash free and get on our free online course. And you can be in direct email communication with us and share your stories, your struggles and your questions. So we can get personalized curated resources directly to you. And then as you wish, and as you are able, start exploring our resources and our online courses so we can guide you in your next erotic adventure, whatever that may be. That might be dropping in to your own feelings through mindful sex. And that can be so thrilling. Starting to pay attention to what you're feeling is a thrill unlike any other. Or you might be ready for the thrills of erotic spanking and kinky sex. And we have you covered there too. So we are here for you. All of our courses come with a 30-day risk-free guarantee. We offer sliding scale and discounts. So no matter where you're at financially, if you are ready to explore, these courses are here for you. 
and we are fully supported by our community. We have been independent sex educators for 15 years, fully supported by you, our listeners, and our pleasure-seeking community. So thank you for being here with us. Explore all that we have to offer at pleasuremechanics.com. We are here for you as you seek more pleasure, joy, connection, and thrill in and out of the bedroom. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure.